Do you have a story to tell about a terrible medical conversation? I want to hear from you. Please email me at christine at christinemeyermd.com. I can't wait for you to tell me more. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tell Me More. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Meyer. On the show, we break down some of the worst conversations in healthcare. Why? Because I believe that together we can build better ones. On today's episode, we are talking about hypothyroidism. This is a condition where your thyroid gland stops producing or doesn't produce enough thyroid hormone. Well, let me back up. Before we can get into the signs and symptoms of hypothyroidism, we should talk about what a normal thyroid gland does. For those that don't know, this small gland that lives in the front of our necks is mighty powerful. The hormones it produces are responsible for regulating things like energy levels, metabolism, internal temperature, bowel function, menstrual regularity, fertility, and even hair, skin, and nail growth. When I tell you that an underactive thyroid can affect us from head to toe, that is no exaggeration. People with hypothyroidism often report things like brain fog, loss of memory, cold intolerance, weight gain, constipation, fatigue, brittle hair, brittle nails, and so much more. So for a disease that is so nasty, why do so many patients struggle to get diagnosed and treated in a timely fashion? Well, a lot of it comes down to what this whole show is about, how healthcare professionals and patients communicate, or sometimes don't. Because the symptoms of hypothyroidism are so vast, they can be attributed to other things like depression, poor sleep, stress, or menopause. Second, as doctors, we don't often order all the right tests. Many of us rely on the TSH, or thyroid-stimulating hormone, to decide if a person has normal thyroid function. The problem is that the TSH is made by the pituitary gland and regulates the thyroid. All too often, the thyroid is starting to fail long before the TSH changes. We really should be measuring other numbers like the actual levels of T4 and T3, the hormones produced by the thyroid. I could go on and on about the physiology of the thyroid because it really is so fascinating, but I think my next guest story is going to resonate with a lot of people. So as a doctor who has misdiagnosed my fair share of thyroid patients, this interview was so eye-opening. If Carrie's story sounds familiar, please reach out to me. I would love to hear yours too. Hi, Carrie. Thank you so much for agreeing to chat with me a little bit. You're welcome. I love that you have two sort of sides to your story. You know, some doctors that get it and some that don't. Right. Yeah. Tell me about that. So tell me about your journey in hypothyroidism. So I probably had a lot of negative effects from it before I even realized, you know, what it was that I had and what was going on. But through my college years, I started to have debilitating stomach problems is what I claimed them to be at that point in time. Gastrointestinal issues that was putting me in the emergency room a couple times a year. But I was told I had a hereditary digestive disorder Hmm. because my mom had had history of lots of gastrointestinal issues or whatever, but no real diagnosis or anything ever. Eventually I was given a diagnosis of irritable bowel syndrome, 
and they gave me some medicine that would like try to help with the contracting of the muscles down there and stuff, but it helped a little bit, but it really didn't make a massive difference. And then after I got married, I had new insurance and my new insurance did not take the gastroenterologist that I had been seeing. And I had to go see somebody new. And when I went in, the first thing he said is that IBS is a diagnosis of the undetermined. He's like, something else is wrong. And I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. So he's like, let's do blood work and let's look. And instantly my TSH, my, my levels were, you know, crazy. And he was like, you have hypothyroidism and explained, you know, what that is and put me on some medicine. And I likened it to like a Disney movie. Like I woke up and like, birds were singing and the sun seemed shinier. And I was just like, oh my goodness, I didn't know life could feel like this. This is amazing. And there were so many things that it affected. Like I said, I didn't even know was the cause of it. I had really struggled with significant depression. Through the college years, I'd gained a little bit of weight every year, not a ton, but a few. And I kept gaining it. And they were like, oh, that's just what happened in college. Yeah. And I was like, but I'm going to the gym and I'm running and I'm trying. And it's, you know, So that being freezing cold all the time, I mean, just, you know, the list goes on and on of things that I felt better. I, I dropped like 10 pounds of weight, like super fast. So every young woman that I knew was like, I need to go get my thyroid checked because (laughs) unfortunately, you know, where we were in that mindset of, oh my goodness, you lost weight so fast. And so that, I mean, that made a big difference. And from, from that point on, I've had different doctors to, to, to manage it and my medicine has fluctuated through pregnancy, through weight loss, through, you know, just different stuff throughout the years. My worst experience with a doctor with it was a family doctor. And this was pretty early on, like we're trying to get the medicine worked out, like what levels are going to make me feel good. And I think you shared something along the lines of this. Like my, my numbers came back and the doctor was like, everything's normal. And I was like, I don't feel good though. Like I now know what I could feel like. And I don't feel like that now. Mm-hmm. Like I would like to get back to where I, I know I can feel. And she was like, well, you know, your numbers are normal. So that's what it is. And I was like, well, don't we have some variability in those numbers? Like, couldn't I, you know, take more, but still fall under normal. And she was like, I can't remember what the verbiage that was used, but she was like, it sounds to me like you're, you're trying to get high or you're trying to get a, not a buzz, but like, you're, you're trying to get something from this. And I was so taken aback and so Mm. offended that I left, I mean, I left that office based on that single appointment alone. And I had been going there for years and it had been my husband's doctor before we had even been married and, and through that, but I was just appalled. And I went to the next family doctor who I am still with now. And one of the first questions I asked, I go, is it possible to be like addicted or get like high or something from my thyroid medicine? And he just laughed at me and he's like, no, no, that's not how it works. He was like, you know, it's not good for you. You know, you'll burn up your liver. He was like, but in general, no, he's like, eventually it's not going to make you feel good. And through the years, I did get to that point where I was over-medicated and jittery and like shaky. And, and I was like, oh, wow, this isn't good. I don't, I don't like this and right. knew that I had to get it, you know, moved back down again. So the second doctor or the first doctor you saw, the second doctor you spoke to about the thyroid at that time, what symptoms were you having when you were like, I think my dose needs adjusting. And they said, 
now your levels are fine. Were you having the same symptoms that you had when you were diagnosed? Kind of, yeah. Like I noticed that I was getting, I was very tired again. Like I wasn't able to jump up in the morning and and get out of bed. I was, I was starting to struggle again. And it wasn't the same, not, it wasn't as dramatic as it was because I, I was on medicine, but I was like, I have noticed a difference where I feel more tired. I feel more likely to cry or a little bit more on edge. And then weight has always been a big thing. My weight is super fluctuates a lot depending on the medicine that I'm taking and the time of year that it is and my mm-hmm. activity. But so it's, and it was just one of those things where I was like, you know, I'm increasing my activity again, but I'm not getting the response that I would normally get when I, when I kick it back into gear. Right. Um, and do you remember, was it pretty much that your TSH and your T4 and your T3 were all in range? And the doctor was like, well, you're in range and just didn't pay attention to the fact that the range is enormous. Like there's such a huge normal range. Yeah, it they were, they were in range. There was just, they were kind of like, if I remember this part was a long time ago, you know, there was room, there was room to, to adjust, but they were, they were in that normal, healthy range. And she was like, well, as long as they're there, they're there. I don't know if it was so much as ignorance or not being aware or just busy schedule, trying to get to the next patient. Like this looks good. You should be fine. We need to move on. I don't know what the reasoning was behind that, but. And have you felt like, and the reason that I'm dedicating a whole episode to hypothyroidism is because I feel like it's one of the least respected, most debilitating diagnoses that a patient can have. You know, if you walked in and your right leg had been chopped off and you were hemorrhaging, nobody would ignore that. Like that's a life-threatening thing. That's clearly debilitating. But you can have this condition that affects you head to toe. And it's just so hard for us doctors to kind of grasp the impact it has on your life. So Mm -hmm. you mentioned the GI stuff. You mentioned fatigue. You mentioned weight. Did you have any other symptoms? I mean, the mental health was definitely a a big thing. I definitely Mm -hmm. felt like I had a better grip on managing my emotions or being able to identify where they're coming from or Mm -hmm. why having them once that was leveled out too. And that's another, so when I, if I'm over medicated for whatever reason, I am more talk faster, a little manic, a little edgy. Yeah. More, yeah. More on edge for sure. Like it's it's easier to irritate me and that's not normally my, my personality. So that, so those things will, will jump up to whether it's to me or someone in my family, like, Hey, And so how often would you say you're getting checked now? Is it regularly or just when you feel like you need an adjustment? So regularly for a few years, it was, I think probably only twice a year, but over the last year I have lost weight. And when I went back in just recently, because of the weight loss, the doctor was like, let's check, do your blood check while you're here. And we did that and it was off. So I just had, as a matter of fact, I have to go pick up a new prescription at CVS to t- so taking so that I can lower the level. Cause I am at the point where I'm hyperactive right mm. now, just a smidge, but right. not where like I have the shakes or any, anything like that, but enough where I just need to bring it back down. So I don't get there. And have you sort of identified within that giant normal range, like a range for you, like numbers that seem to be, if you could stay in this range, you feel your best. And you know, if you're a little over or a little under, that's not your optimal dosing? I don't offhand. 
I probably should. I, I'm lucky to have like all my labs in the portal that we use that for the doctor's office. So I very much could go back in and look and make that determination, but I have not done that yet. But you have a doctor now who, if you're like, Hey, I don't feel good. And there's wiggle room they'll adjust your dose, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Like they'll even say like, there was one time, I think last year where they were like, your blood work was just a little off. Let's make an adjustment and check it again in a few weeks. And I was like, can we leave it as it is and check it again in a few weeks? Like X, Y, Z just happened or a lot of stress or whatever. And usually they're like, yeah, that's fine. You know, you know, we'll do it that way. Unless there's, you know, oh, it's going to cause you harm. No, I and I and that is why I'm still with the office <laughs> that right. because it does make a big difference when you feel heard. Wow. So that's that is such a great segue. So compare and contrast for me the first interaction with the family doctor that you saw about your thyroid and mm-hmm. the most recent doctor that you've been seeing. So what about that first interaction made you feel like I'm never coming back here? One was the Every time they would come into the room, it was the, so what's going on? Tell me about what's going on. And not that, the, that I don't respect that the doctors want to hear you say what's going on in your own point of view, but I felt like they never had any idea what was come, going on. <laughs> like they, they had no idea who I was, what my needs were or anything. So it would be like, who are you? What are we talking about today? And even if they are busy, could you at least give me the illusion that you know who I am and what's going on? So I think just from the feeling like they didn't really know who I was to making what I think was a snap decision that didn't really take everything you know, into consideration. This current office, I go in and before they like even dive into the paperwork or the, what's on the computer now, they're like, how are you feeling? Talk to me about what's going on. And it's very simple, but it makes a huge difference to me. Wow. That is so huge. In fact, I think that's why this podcast is going to be called tell me more because when we were in training, you know, we learned from different kinds of doctors and some doctors are very list oriented. Like, do you have this? Do you have this? Do you have this? Do you feel that? Have you had this? And we just kind of check boxes, but more effective communication. And, you know, we know this based on patient satisfaction and sense of well-being is when you ask an open-ended question and just let a person speak to you. Like you would say, I'm feeling a little sluggish. And instead of saying, are you sleeping enough? Are you eating well? Or what's going on at home? Instead, I say something like, tell me more about that. And then that opens up a window for you to speak. That's hard to do when you have, you know, 10 minutes with a patient, right? Mm -hmm. But there's real skill in asking an open-ended question, allowing a person to speak, but still, you know, not having it take an hour. Like you could have explained your story. You just did it for me in five minutes. You know, it's not, it's not hard to do in the right setting when you're feeling heard. Mm -hmm. And then there was the issue of you, like some nefarious thing you were getting from your thyroid medicine, like you were going to get high on it or like become a supermodel because all of a sudden you'd be (laughs) skinny and tall. And that's what you were after. Like, so, so tell me a little bit more about that feeling that you got. I, I, it was like shame, I think probably because I was like, 
why does she think that that's who I am? That that's what I'm going for. Like that, that's not at all who I am. That's not at all what I want. I don't even think that's possible. Like it was just, it was the whole, what about me made her think Think that that. I was looking for something nefarious or looking for, for some sort of high or something else. And is this a doctor you'd seen before? Did you have a relationship with her? Yeah, it was a family practice. Like there were a, a few of them, maybe three doctors of rotation, so not a ton. I don't, I don't even remember her name. I was probably like, I'm done. Just push it out. <laughs> I remember where the practice was. It was, you know, up in the Reading area when we lived up there. But I, I don't remember a whole lot about her name. And I know I'd seen her before, but I don't remember how much or how often. How about now, the doctor you're with now? Do you see that doctor fairly consistently? I do. And the other thing about the practice that I'm at now is I've now been at that practice for 12 years. So I've had to see almost all the doctors there. Again, it's, I think we're looking at like four, but I do like all of them. There are There's one in particular that I see the most often now that I feel has probably been the most consistent and really listens to me and has helped me with different different things that are sometimes not your your normal practice normal family practice things, but it's been really helpful. And I value that and I trust him, which is meaningful. Yeah. So I think that's part of it too, is, you know, when a doctor knows you or has seen you multiple times, you sort as a doctor, at least I sort of get a sense of, okay, you know, this person hasn't ever complained about X, Y, or Z in all these times that I've seen her or every single time she has told me, I think my thyroid's off, she's been right. So having like, sort of that back knowledge, I think can be really helpful, especially when you're managing a chronic condition like a thyroid, where it's going to change ups and downs. And do you, I mean, is it frustrating to you when you have to retell your story over and over again and be like, well, last time it was this and we had to do that and blah, blah, blah. Isn't it? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but isn't it easier when you're just like, you know, like, look at my chart, like, you know what we've been through. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I know we're not talking about mental health, but I feel like that's the segue. That's why so many people steer away from new therapists or mental health period, because it's just exhausting to have to retell the story over again. Yeah. It's so, I love that you brought up the mental health thing because first of all, and I know you've said this a couple of times, but your thyroid can definitely impact your mental health and it's a vicious cycle. So when you feel depressed, you don't have energy, you're not motivated, you you know, you don't do the things that you want to do, you may gain some weight. And sometimes doctors will look at those endpoints and be like, well, yeah, you're depressed and you're gaining weight and you're not exercising, but not go all the way back to the root cause, which may be that it started because your thyroid wasn't right. And if that was better, maybe not everything, but lots of things could have possibly improved. There's a stigma with mental health, with depression specifically. Mm -hmm but not with hypothyroidism, right? So if you have an underactive thyroid, oh, here's your prescription, you know? But if you have clinical depression, there's still this idea that, oh, you know, you need medicine, right? Do you feel that sometimes? Oh, 100%, absolutely. And for a while after that, I did still have to use, you know, take an antidepressant. And some people do forever. And I don't want to to say that that's a bad thing. You know, I knock on wood right now. I'm not on one and have... I've worked to try to alleviate that because that was a personal goal for me to be able to to find other things to help me so that I didn't need that. 
but if I needed it, I would still be on it, but I was able to find, you know, other things to help me. I love that. Yeah. This was so helpful, Carrie. So basically what I heard you say is that, yes, hypothyroidism is a condition that can be diagnosed with blood tests pretty I say it's not hard necessarily, mm. maybe a little tricky to interpret, but what what the patient feels and says is almost more important than what the paper in front of us with the test results say, right? Number one. And number two, your relationship or your gut feeling on your interaction with that doctor can really make a difference in how your case progresses, right? So when you don't feel connected to the doctor, you don't get what you need. You continue mm. to feel bad, right? Absolutely. You have a relationship. They hear you. You feel heard. You get what you need. You feel better. And, you know, it's it seems like such a silly thing, but it is it is literally everything because then you do your work, you take care of your family, you have joy in your life, you know, mm-hmm. you watch your stupid TV shows, you go for a run, like all the, the reasons we walk on this earth can be right. impacted by something so simple as a doctor who didn't hear you and therefore didn't help you feel better. It's terrible. I mean, it happens in all industries though. I work in education and we've got, I mean, there's data out the wazoo, but if you don't know what's behind that data, where did the data come from? What's the environment of it? Like data is, it's just numbers. If we're not, you know, looking just a little bit further to, to equate in in both these fields, the human that that goes with it, because especially when you're dealing with humans as your variable, there's more that goes into it. (laughs) Absolutely. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. I tell people when I have these conversations specifically about hypothyroidism, when they bring me, you know, a lot of times it's a, it's a paper lab report from Mm -hmm. another practice or whatever. And they're like, here are my numbers and they're normal. And, you know, they've also started to kind of believe that they're normal too. And, you know, start to doubt their own intentions. And I always say, well, as doctors, we are not in the business to treat a piece of paper. We treat a human being, right? It would be ridiculous to say this white piece of paper with green writing on it is my patient. (laughs) I'm going to just address this when the person in front of you is telling you something totally different. I think we, we lost that along the way. I don't know where, but you're going to help us get it back (laughs) because you've been so open. Thank you so much, Carrie. So is there anything you want to leave us with any so if you're talking to a friend who thinks they have hypothyroidism, what what three pieces of advice would you give them? They think that they have it. I mean, first, you, you do need the blood work. You still need the data. You don't just need the data, but you do still need the data. So I you know, would, of Excellent. course, say go self-advocate for yourself at your doctor's office and say, you know, I have this concern. Can you please do a blood test? I mean, it's pretty simple. Most insurance cover it. You know, mm-hmm. there's that's no big deal. But then, you know, do some reading on your own and take that back to the doctor. I know every doctor just loves to hear the patient say, I saw on Google, I read. (laughs) However, like educating yourself as much as you can and then taking that to the doctor. That's my doctor laughs because I'll say, well, I've been, you know, accessing Dr. Google. So I have some questions for you. (laughs) And like, I'm just glad you bring me the questions. Like, I'm glad you don't just read Google and move on about it. We talk about it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, I imagine a lot of people are like me that you're curious. There's a lot of information out there. So, you yeah. know, you look, do your own research, but take your questions to somebody that, that you trust. And if you don't feel heard, go talk to somebody else. There are a lot of doctor choices out there and 
can you find somebody you trust? It just, it makes a big difference. Mm, Huge. So get the data. That's such a great Mm. point. Like it is all about the human, but it is also a little bit about the data. It's part of what makes us us. We do need to know what that numbers are because you also never know what you'll find. Oh, right. I wasn't looking for hypothyroidism, but that's what we found. Through the years of doing blood work, there was a year where my white blood cell count was super low for like a Mm. whole solid year. So I was getting even more frequent blood work and we were checking it out. And then six months later, it was back to normal or whatever. And the doctor's like, all right, we'll just put a little note to be aware of that. I don't really know what happened, but you know, just little things like that to be aware of. Yeah. And then making sure you understand your condition or your symptoms. So doing a little homework, Mm -hmm. but bringing that homework to someone you trust and feel heard by. So not just anybody, somebody that, you know, and if you don't feel heard, See ya. Cause like you said, there's a lot of doctors out there and other healthcare providers and nurse practitioners, excellent mm-hmm. PAs, you know, people who definitely have made life's work of listening to patients. So you absolutely have options. I love that. Anything else? Okay. So I, I've recorded our conversation, but I will let you know which pieces I'm going to use and just make sure you're okay with them. And and of course, we won't use anything but maybe your first name. So nobody will know anything about you. Sure. That's that's not a problem. Yeah. My sister that so I grew up with siblings that none of them have hypothyroidism. As an adult, I met another sibling that I didn't grow up with who Mm -hmm. does have hypothyroidism. And like we met and we talked and we, we joked and we're like, oh my goodness, this happened to me too. And I felt this and, you know, that was really validating and neat, but we both laughed because we said, we're either the healthiest sick person you've ever met or the sickest, healthiest healthy person. person you've yeah. ever met because day to day I am, I, I'm healthy. Everything's great. I, you know, it all works, but if it's not working well, man, everything just goes to crap. So right, you know, it it's so important. It is such an important diagnosis. And I think for lots of people almost wish they had hypothyroidism sometimes because it explains so many things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Instead of having like a GI issue and a weight issue and clinical depression, and you just have hypothyroidism. Isn't that great? It's all tied up in a nice little bow. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Not that I wish that on anybody, but it sure makes life a little bit easier. It's easier to wrap your brain around and then look to treat. Absolutely. Right, right. So I also, while I'm on with you, I just wanted to say thank you for all that you do in the community. I have been a CMMD team member for a very long time. And while I'm not active in all the events you do, I have been doing this run as personal since the very first one. Oh, you're kidding. (laughs) Thank you for that. um, I am most recently part of Team Nikki, which I know you know. Oh, yeah. Um, Did you know Nikki? I've been doing it Oh, very well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, her her parents have, we've kind of adopted each other. Not that either of us could ever replace anyone else, but there was a need in each other's lives. And, and, and yeah, so very, I I have my team Nikki flyer right here. We're already talking about what we're doing for this year, but I just, I see every time I see him and CMMD magnet or sticker, it makes me smile. I appreciate you guys being a part of the community and being able to be a part of it. It's it's important to me. Is that it was before Nikki and it just became that much more important. I mean, I took her to the first Mother's Day thing that you oh, did at Monty years ago. Yeah. Um, so I said, I'm not my face isn't everywhere, but 
there are things that you're, I've been a part of through your organization that have been very meaningful. So thank Aww, you. Thank you for doing that, Carrie. Thank you so much. You know, I, what do you call it? Retired, I guess, from being the chairperson mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, just before COVID actually. And I'm still just in awe of what people in our, in this area in Chester County and a little beyond do for each other. I mean, even from the periphery now, it is so moving. And Donna and Bill, like for them to channel such grief, like I just think about myself, like if I lost my daughter, I'm sorry, I would be in bed pulling the covers up over my head. I would not be rallying the troops, showing up year after year. Well, I guess, I guess maybe I would, I don't know, but it is amazing. And the, the comfort they bring to a lot of people is just tremendous. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I owe Donna a reach out. Definitely. It's been a while since I chatted with her. So, yeah. well, hopefully we'll see you this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. All right, Carrie, thank you so much. If you think of anything, just email me and I'll reach out and just kind of update you. Okay. Sure. Thank you. I'm All happy. Right. To help. I appreciate it. Take care. Take care. Great to see you. Have a good day. You Bye. Too. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. Are you ready to join our conversation? Just go to Facebook and search Christine Meyer MD. Follow us to join 14,000 other people committed to creating better conversations in healthcare. 